This is DWZ Podcast here with J-Rod, deleted WrestleZone's very own podcast of professional wrestling with AEW, NXT, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance, various promotions, wrestlers, matches, and championships. I am your host, J-Rod here, so welcome back, listeners. Uh, today, we're going to have some interesting topics we're going to do. Now, our first one that we're going to be talking about is, of course, what took place this past weekend which was all in at Wembley Stadium. I have to say, what a fantastic show. I mean, let's talk about the main card only. Let's not worry about the... Well, we can talk about this one only. Um, as you know, we have brand new ROH World Tag Team Champions, uh, MJF and Adam Cole. I thought that was a pretty fun match. But the one thing that struck me was, of course, when I heard about this this match, I heard Kangaroo Kick. I'm like... Really? Did MJF really did the kangaroo kick? I'm like, I was like so, uh, not stunned, but like, what? I can't even believe it because I felt like it's someone really pulling my leg that that really happened. That was the thing, but it did not. One thing that was so fun, it was great to see them that they won. But however, we all know what was going to happen in the main event. So we'll get to that in a bit. Our first car- match of the main card, we have, of course... Um, the real AEW world title. CM Punk defends that belt against Samoa Joe, someone who's been his long-standing rival all the way back to their ROH days. So, as you know, Punk has never been beaten, uh, uh, never beaten Samoa Joe until it happened at the uh, Owen Hart um, Foundation uh, tournament that took place. Uh, Punk was able to win that particular match. However, uh, Joe was not going to let that match go, so he felt like he had to make this match happen. But I have to say, Joe seems like he had everything under his control. But it was, of course, Punk with the Pepsi clutch that was the real haymaker. Now, our next match is the six-man tag team match between Bullet Club Gold, Jay White, and Juice Robinson teaming up with Konosuke Takeshita, taking on the Golden Elite consistent of Adam Hangman Page, uh, Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi. Now, this whole story began when Don Callis felt that Kenny Omega is a self-righteous prick who chose his friends rather than chose his own family. So, basically, this is the war where now um, um, Don Callis would do whatever it takes to destroy Kenny and cut, gut him out of AEW for good. However, it was Takeshita who picked up the win by pinning Kenny. But, however, this war between Kenny and Takeshita is not over yet. It's going to continue this coming Sunday at All Out. The next match is for the AEW World Tag Team titles. We have FTR versus the Young Bucks. Now, I did hear on social media on this particular match that many fans were getting worn out and tired. But in the last mo- mat, um, like the last few minutes or mo- how- however the length of the last part of the match, it got too exciting. People were on their feet. No one was expecting but once again, Deja Vu rose again when Cash Wheeler applied the 450 springboard, which was, of course, the same thing he did last time, but he was able to kick out of it. But however, it was a shattered machine that made the, ha- that made the difference to the Bucks winning the match. Now, our next match is the stadium stampede between the BCC with o- Santana Ortiz taking on the best friends, uh, Chuck and Trent, Orange Cassidy, 
um, Eddie Kingston and Penta El Cero Miedo. Uh, they went everywhere, man. They were like all over the place. But however, I think the best moment that became the changemaker was two of them. One is the return of Penta Oscuro, the dark side of Penta, making the, the difference right there. However, another surprising moment was the, of Sue, who showed up out of the blue. And we were like, wait a minute, when did Sue got British license? But she brought some plunder with her that has a plate full of cookies. And, of course, Nigel McGuinness was not happy about that because we could have had those in the catering. Well, yeah, I know, but, you know, that's what happened. But it was, of course, Orange Cassidy that gave a orange punch to Claudio with the glass shards in his right hand that put Claudio away. I thought that was fantastic. So it was great to see that. So I was, it was a lot of fun. Next match is the AEW Women's World title in a four-way match. We have Soraya, Hikaru Shida, Britt Baker, and Tony Storm. This particular match was very memorable because I saw Soraya's family, uh, her mom, her dad, her brothers, nephews. Uh, they all made their, their appearance, you know. Uh, just recently saw her nephew, Ricky Knight Jr., um, you know, of course. Uh, wrestled in the match against Zack Sabre Jr. But I thought that was a fantastic match. I thought it was a real, a real classic one to watch. So one thing that led is when Tony Storm accidentally hit Soraya's mother. And of course, you can tell people would say, you fucked up, you fucked up. And you know for a fact she did. She knows that she messed up. And of course, she was running from Soraya, realizing she pissed her off. Like, you know, the old saying, don't mess with my mama. But, uh, fortunately, when Bray Baker thought she had this match won, it was Soraya who DDT Tony Storm to become our brand new AEW Women's World Champion. Now, let's talk about this one a little bit. Almost eight years ago, many people thought that she was never going to wrestle when she uh, had a neck injury. But, of course, look at her now. She's back. And some people would say that, it's unfair. WWE lawyers would say it's unfair that she won the championship. She could have stayed with WWE, but WWE decided to declare that she was not that she that she was unfit that she has to retire. But there, I can say this because I want to let you guys know: the fucking WWE medical are fucking retards. So someone should fire their asses. Now, our next match is the coffin match between. Sting and Darby Allen coming out with the Seek and Destroy song by Metallica, taking on Christian and Swerve Strickland. You know this match was going to be a deadliest and everything. And, of course, that dumbass dinosaur, Luchasaur, is going to show up. And Nick Wayne showed up, even though Christian Cage told him not to. But I don't think uh, Nick Wayne cares because you do not try to go out and say man things. He calls himself Father of the Year. Bullshit. But sooner or later, someone's going to teach Christian not to mess around with with him so that sort of thing but it was sting who was who was the real haymaker to help out and of course they put swerve in the coffin i thought that was classic to put it now our next match is the battle of the goats we have will osprey and chris jericho these two guys this match was supposed to happen in 2021 however due to the the, the situation with the pandemic with the coronavirus it was a real problem so, I have to say, what a fantastic match. It was Will Ospreay who picked up the win and in his home country. Of course, we all know, you may have heard the, the rumor, uh, stories that he said his contract will be up in six months. So, it's most likely he could end up in AEW. But I wouldn't be surprised if WWE decides that they want to have him in their, in their ranks. So, that's something I know for a fact. 
Now, our next match, I believe, is the trios titles. Uh, the Acclaim and Daddy Ass taking on the House of Black. I thought it was a fantastic match. Not to mention having Billy Gunn to pick up the match. But they chose a no-holes-barred match. But one thing was funny is that Julia Hart got scissored by... Um, um, what's his name? Anthony Bowens. And, of course, the, uh, Julia's mom was not ha was laughing. And, of course, Julia was not happy. It was all over Twitter. So, basically, it was fun. But it was, of course... Uh, the mic drop that made the difference. And one, two, three, brand new AEW World Trios champions. Now, our main event, of course, is AEW World Title, MJF versus Adam Cole. I thought there were some interesting moments, like the hot potato where they try to play an Eddie right there. That was great. Referee was out. But one thing that was crazy is Roderick Strong tried to get involved. Like, he's trying to do something that, you know, he felt like he couldn't trust Max, but uh, MJF. But it's like, they chose to become friends rather than be enemies, you know. And it was a good match, and I think Adam Cole couldn't believe that he lost, but it wasn't a dirty trick that he applied. He applied an old move that's been very effective, the inside cradle. But I'm sure Adam Cole will have another opportunity of that title at some point. But right now, he got the match he wanted, which was in Wembley Stadium, which was very memorable. So I have to say the show was pretty great. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Now, you may have heard the attendance. 81,035. Now, for all you WWE loyalists, you're probably going to your mind, no, 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 that's messed up. No, no, it can't be. WWE is the best promotion in the world. They cannot overstep that. No, no, no. In reality, they already made it, made a calculated move already with that. So, come on. Just face facts that AEW are here to stay. They're not going nowhere. If you're a WWE loyalist, just wake up. Okay, if WWE doesn't like the competition, well, too bad. They're not giving fans like myself and any of my listeners what they want. I can guarantee you that's how it works. Trust me. Now, let's talk about a match that took place back early this year on January 1st, 2023. And this one is in Pro Wrestling Wave. This is for the Regina The Wave Championship. Uh, Hikaru Shida, who... I think she's still the champion. Let me look it up real quick because I feel like I'm an idiot if I don't know this. Uh, let me look it up. Uh, here we go. Yes, she has been the champion since then. Uh, yeah. So, she has been the champion uh, since... Uh, August 14 of 2022, so she's like almost over a year now with 80, 382 days. Now, this particular match was part of a tournament to see who would handle, and the person that was challenger was Risa Sarah. I knew Risa Sarah was going to bring out the fight in her, not to mention using the kendo stick. And, of course, she brought the, the, the roster's luggage to be, to be involved by using like a wall to slam her and I hear that she, because what Risa Sarah did she uh, Yuki Takase's luggage was broken you know Risa Sarah has this tendency to use the the women's um, luggage to do her dirty or do her little dirty work but no one was able to stop her but however Hikaru Shida has shown what a great match she is now you may want to ask me, uh, J-Rod, how can we watch this match? Uh, I think you can see it on, the, on YouTube. Let me find it real quick for all of you. That way you get a 
clear idea from it. Uh, let's see. Now I have it here because I saved it on my, I put a playlist. Uh, let me try this. Yes, it's on the Pro Wrestling Wave uh, YouTube channel, so you can look it up. So check it out, guys. You'll have a lot of fun with that match. Now, you may have heard some interesting developments with WWE and the NFL, so it looks like they're going to have a partnership. However, uh, this one is a very interesting topic that came around. <laughs> if you guys know this, uh, there is one NFL team that is affiliated with AEW's competition, and we're talking about none other than AEW, the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's run by Tony Khan and his dad, Shahid Khan. I was, like, wondering, okay, how is this going to play out? Because, I mean, look, not to – how do I say this? I, I feel that WWE were not thinking this clearly when they were when they partner up with the NFL because I I like to think that how do I say that they forget that their competing team the owner uh, the CEO of AEW um, is the also the co-owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars I don't think WWE thought this through completely um, but yes yeah, so I like to think that way but. I heard that those that the belts, the, the custom-made belts were sold out for Jacksonville, uh, but they decided to remove them out of their website. Now, I know some of you say that's kind of messed up to do that. I mean, you got to remember, it, it's bad publicity. I think many of the WWE fans would definitely be like, why are they doing this, you know? I mean, so I think it, it felt like, you know, WWE... Um, didn't think this through, but I think they never thought the Jacksonville Jaguars would be that popular, you know, because of AEW. So that's their own fault, not to, um, you know, well, that's the way I see it. But anyway, now next topic, this is a, an event by Evolution with their third event that took place back in June on June 4th. Uh, this is who the matches we have, all three of them. Zones versus Ryu Mizunami. Yeah. The same Mizunami from AE, the first AEW show that team up with Hikaru Shida and Riho. Now, what I liked about this match is both these women are powerhouses. You you wouldn't imagine why. I look at the all three of the girls from Evolution wonder what's so special about them. I see a huge difference with them when it comes to what they do. Zones is a powerhouse wrestler, and I think it's a good thing. You need someone like that. Every rest, every promotion or team or whatever need a powerhouse wrestler, and she fits the bill. But however, Ryo Mizunami was the one who had the upper hand when she applied the guillotine leg drop, and just like that, they, she won. Now, our next match is more of a high-speed standard-type match. We have Sunny from e Evolution taking on our current... Um, World Woman Pro Wrestling Diana's World Champion, Haruka Umesaki. 
I thought it was a f interesting match because you know Musaki has now been declared as you know one of the as the future ace of Diana, which is great by the way. But I have to say it did put her in a good position to challenge someone like her. But of course the Boston Crab was the, the real deal maker that put uh, Sunny away, and I thought it was great. Now our main event, this one I have to say is my favorite one. We have Chi Chi taking on. None other than Suri, formerly known as Saray from NXT. Now, this was a very f interesting match. Now, Chi-Chi, in my opinion, has been one of the most prospect wrestlers coming from Evolution. And many people can say that by watching this. Uh, Scott Edwards, who did work for Fightful Select, Voices Wrestling, and a few others, has also came up with the same conclusion that Chi-Chi is a prospect wrestler, even though she hasn't picked up her first win but she seems like she could be on the fast track. And I think so. But Suri was the one that picked up the win with the bridge suplex and pick up a awesome win. However, um, I did hear that because of this match, Suri invited Chi-Chi for Suriism uh, Chapter 2. Now, I will see that show completely, hopefully soon. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that at some point. Now, our last topic, this one I want to save for last because many of us are still dealing with what took place last, like last Friday on, um, on the 25th. The world was in shock with, of course, with the passing of Windham Rotunda, also known as Bray Wyatt. The news broke out that of course, he passed away. I was having a hard time trying to believe it because it was hard. I mean, the guy was so young. He was 36 years old, four years younger than me. I'm only 40 years old right now, and my birthday is on December. But it was so crazy to hear about this, and I couldn't believe it. And everybody were in disbelief. There were reports that he was supposed to come back to WWE. But I, I had a feeling that there was going to be a blame game made for this one. My brother didn't want to believe it. But I think there was going to be a blame game. But I have to say thank God for Bray Wyatt's family, his loved ones, for sharing this information and giving permission to Sean Rassap to reveal it. Now, what happened is this is what Sean Rassap reported. It turns out that back in February, um, Bray Wyatt contracted uh, coronavirus because he had a heart issues. But there was a lot of talk that he was doing positive work, that he was getting ready to come back. But in the result, this match, I mean, this whole thing ended with him with a heart attack. Now, some of you say, why would the family reveal this now? Well... I don't know if they learned something from what happened to Brody Lee. Now, let's talk about that a little bit. Now, it's sad that Brody Lee and Bray Wyatt are two of the members from the Wyatt family that passed away. Now, Brody Lee's case was a very uh, unusual case because many people drew up their own conclusion about how he passed. Now, some people say that Brody Lee died from injuries from the dog collar match with Cody. They were saying, it's Cody's fault that he died. Others were saying it was the coronavirus. However, that was not the case. A few months after uh, the passing of 
Brody Lee, also known as his real name, go by his real name, John Hubber. His widow, Amanda Hubber, actually spoke out to AEW Unrestricted, which is the podcast with Tony Schiavone and Aubrey Edwards, and she revealed the truth about what happened. So let's recap a little bit about that. The story goes is that um, John Hubber was not feeling well. He wasn't. He was losing some air. Now people say that that is the symptoms of the of the coronavirus. So basically, his wife Amanda was very much of a not a homo, like a phobia or whatever. She was more concerned of the situation that would lead to that. So it's understandable about that. So nothing came around. Now the test proved that there was no coronavirus that was in fact uh, involved. Later, they conducted tests and they discovered that there was scars, that his uh, lungs were scarred. Now, I know what you guys are thinking. Like, for if those who are not familiarized with the story, they're like, wait a minute. You, um, I, I, they're saying, but we were dealing with the coronavirus. How is that even possible? Look, guys, we know there were other people who were diagnosed with other symptoms other than coronavirus. Some people were upset because of it because it's all about the coronavirus. Coronavirus. No one didn't give a shit about people with heart defects or lungs. And that's what happened. That was the situation. So Amanda Hubbard did not tell the truth. Now, she did talk to everybody, the, the top officials of AEW, even Tony Khan, who has been kind to her this entire time, told her, what is it do you want? She said that she wants this whole thing to be quiet. And, of course, everybody obliged to what her wishes. Now, why did she kept that quiet? was because she did not want the dirt sheets to come up with their own conclusions. So it was possibly off the, uh, reasons why. Now, JR did have made a big fuss about it. That Why wasn't there a lung transfer? Well, that was an option, but apparently um, it was... From what Amanda said, that it was far too off to save him from that. So, it was just like that. So, from what I'm saying is, I think that the fam, uh, Bray Wyatt's family wanted this to come out. Because, of course, people are going to come up with their own conclusions. Because people would like to speculate things that, you know, you think it's true until it happens. And, and, and that's the problem. A problem that should not be uh, tried to solve. Look, I wasn't going to report anything. Only I was going to report that, okay, he passed away. But waited a couple hours when the news came around, when Sean Rassap revealed the whole st the whole truth, that was like, okay, so that was the case. As long as Sean Rassap has the real source, I was going to report it. And I did it. I actually have it on, it's already been uploaded on YouTube Like once it when the news broke down. But... That's the reason I did that. So, look, it's sad what happened to Brody Lee, but I mean to uh, Bray Wyatt. But a lot of people will not will have a hard time trying to process. I think, but all we can do is remember him for all the fond memories uh, uh, that he's given us during his time. And I want to say this that this episode for the for this podcast I want to dedicate this to him to Bray Wyatt I already dedicated a YouTube video in his memory but 
I want to dedicate this one for him. But here's another thing that also was crazy. The day before Bray Wyatt's death was announced, we also heard the news about Terry Funk. It's crazy that Terry Funk's death happened one day, and then the next day, Bray Wyatt. It was insane that that happened. But right now, this episode in particular, we want to dedicate this to Bray Wyatt. I know many of you are hurt. You're saddened. Confused. But all we can do as fans is cherish his memory, his moments, what he has brought to pro wrestling. He was a genius of his in his own time. No one could replicate what he does. And I think that's important. My thoughts and prayers go to his family, his wife, his two his children from his current and previous wife, his brother, his mom, his dad, every last one of them. Rest in peace, Winhan Mutanda, also known as Bray Wyatt. Us fans, we love you very much. Thank you for the fond memories. You will be missed, but never forgotten. Until next time, listeners, I must bid all of you adieu. So, goodbye. Mwah. And have a nice day. Bang!